This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Football. It's bye week. Ordinarily on Sunday, we'd be doing a Vikings vent line session, either a therapy session or some sort of celebratory flag waving with Ode to Joy and Judd. And because the Vikings don't play, it's self-scouting week. We're going to do some scouting on behalf, self-scouting on behalf of the Vikings here, Joe. We're going to call it the Sunday, let's call it the Sunday Self-Scouting Statements edition of Purple Daily here. All right. All right. Let's do it. That's a lot of asses. We each brought three different statements. A couple of mine are hot takey. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. Like, what's the temperature of your statements, would you say? Um, Mild. Like, one one might be a hot, hot take. Um, I'm passing judgment. Okay. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I am passing some judgment here based, based by the way, on a very late buy. I think it's fair because we're 12 games in now. Like, like this is this buy, in my opinion, a little bit too late. I much prefer it late October. Like I don't want it after four weeks, but 12 weeks is a little aggressive. It is a little aggressive. And considering no teams had buys Thanksgiving week because they were trying to find enough teams to play like Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Still didn't do a Monday. good job of that. Yeah, maybe a couple teams should have taken a bye week that mm-hmm. week. But mm-hmm. I would say like my statements range from Frank's Red Hot all the way up to like maybe like the, the third spiciest sauce on that Hot Ones show on YouTube. Like that's right. kind of the range of mine. Well, if you uh, want to start with Frank's, you certainly can. I, yeah, sure. I, I can do that. By the way, if you spill Frank's red on your carpet or if your house is just generally not as clean as you want it to be during the holiday stretch, you're thinking about it. you're you got family gatherings coming up. You got dinners with friends and neighbors and you don't want to be embarrassed by the cleanliness or the smell of your house. That's where zero res comes in here. I love a clean house. Personally, uh, there's no better way to deep clean your house than with zero res. Don't just do it yourself. Higher Zero Res, which, by the way, has a 4.9 rating on Google with over 17,000 reviews. So there's your social proof right there. Zero Res is offering the Score North special or the Phil Mackey special. When you call or go to the website, say Score North or Phil Mackey to get three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $129. And this month gets $75 off when you get your air ducts cleaned and you can then breathe clean air throughout your home. 9520res or zeroresminnesota.com just say you want the Phil Mackey or Score North special spell it forward or backwards it spells the same zero res 
All right. Nothing like when that house smells good. Oh. Just that fresh house smell. Potpourri smell. Yeah. Mm. Love it. Okay, I'll start. This All is right. my first statement for you. I think Joshua Dobbs playing like garbage against the Chicago Bears is the best thing to happen to this organization for the future. I think it may, for a couple weeks there, it was a little, everyone's excited. The Pastronaut is here. You've got the Atlanta game. He's running all over the place. It's this new, fun, dynamic quarterback. Oh, my God, he's one of the highest IQ players in the league. Here he is, this dynamic athlete running Kevin O'Connell's system, right? And after the first couple of games, I know we had conversations here saying, like, man, if he keeps playing like this, dude, you might yeah. have to. Is that we, we kind of brought up that but if he keeps playing like this, the Geno Smith contract could be in play where he's not like a top five paid quarterback, but he's making $20 million a year. Him playing like he did against Chicago. And I don't mean to like crap on him because I do think he's a really good backup and a good change of pace guy to have on your team. If he, wa- if he wanted to be the backup quarterback for the Vikings going forward, I would have no problem with that. That'd be great. But he's making it obvious that he's not going to be your starting quarterback beyond 2023. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins is coming off a torn Achilles, and you can do whatever you want with him, but you can you can do it sort of with just one toe in the water with Kirk Cousins at this point. This clears the deck for the Vikings to do what they have to do, which is draft a quarterback in the first round. So while it was, as a Vikings fan, you're sad to see the Vikings play the way they did on Monday, and now they're 6-6. Six and six. It was very deflating. Now the Packers are back in it. There's all these teams that are just back in the wild card race because you lost the game the way that you did. But it is now crystal clear at that position what needs to happen come draft time. And if you want to bring Kirk back on a one-year deal, great. You want to bring put Dobbs in the room, whatever. Like Those guys can definitely be in the room. But it should be obvious that you need to draft one of these talented quarterbacks in the first round. Hmm. I mean, yes, I'd love to see that now, assuming that they can get, get one, because again, their success is going to make it a little more difficult unless they trade up. And yeah, Penix might drop to 20, but I don't know about that. I mean, we, we always, it feels like this time of year, we're always talking about, you know, McCarthy's going to get to them and Penn and, and, you know, then we get closer to the draft and the combine happens and people are like, Oh, whoa, hold on a second. I saw something there. And then we get to the pro day and the guy looks good. And now it's like, everyone's going in the top 10 mm-hmm. and you either have to make a pretty substantial trade to move up or you are not drafting a quarterback. And so I do think that there is, I just, I feel like we are always here with where the Vikings draft with at this time of year, we're like, look at all these QBs that could fall. And then, as we get closer, that does not take place. If the right quarterback is there, absolutely. But let me throw this at you as a as a scenario. I think Nick Mullins is going to come back as the starter against the Raiders December 10th. I think he's the safest option. And the two days, the post game of O'Connell, who for him was crestfallen, that Chicago game, if you watched that press conference, I, I don't think I've ever heard him that down. Like yeah, he, he was, should, he should feel down. That was, he was, and awful. he should. Right. But, and then on Monday, he hadn't changed his tune. One, he would not give Dobbs a vote of confidence. And two, and he's right about this. It was just so crystal clear that if you can't hold on to the football, that could be interceptions. It could be fumbles. You can't win. Okay. And so I think he's going to go to now because this team's not going to think, in my opinion, Let's take a look at um, at Jaron Hall because let's see what the f- the future holds. I think what they're going to say is, 
bleep that, we're in a playoff race, right? So Mullins, I think, is going to be, unless he fails miserably, the starter for as long as possible, 2023. That being said, if Mullins has success, I think they probably do try to bring Kirk back because they're going to ask Nick Mullins to play the same type of game. He's not going to be as good. I'm not trying to insinuate that. But, you know, the mobile quarterback idea, which I think O'Connell likes and I certainly love, that's great. But if Mullins comes back and has success with sort of what we would all consider to be the Kirk offense, I wonder if that helps Kirk because it is such a potential safety blanket. Again, assuming, and this is the big assumption, the numbers contractually are right because I do think that could be an issue. And I would say, I mean, they already know that the offense is pretty good with Kirk Cousins. I don't know that you need Nick Mullins to come in and like validate the Kirk Cousins offense. Are you saying that if Nick Mullins comes in and okay, now he's making on schedule throws and like the within playoffs. the rhythm and they and they get to ten wins or whatever, go to the playoffs, yes. that it makes it less likely they would draft yes. a quarterback in the first round. I'm saying that I think that that would help Kirk's cause because they they would say, should we really make a change here hmm. or? The system that we want, this is a reminder it works. I'm just throwing it out there. There's a lot of things here at play, including, again, Kirk's contract. I, I mean, if if Mike McCarthy, Kirk's agent, comes in and says, let's do four years or something, then I think he's gone probably. I'm just yeah. saying I, I do think that going into this bye week, O'Connell rightfully so is pretty shaken because turnovers have absolutely killed this team. Like, this team's probably in first place if they could hold on to the football. And in the last two games, your quarterback alone has accounted for six. And I would tell Kevin that, hey, if there's if you're having doubts because you, you had a mobile quarterback in there and he was reckless and tried to turn the ball over 11 times a game, I would say just because a quarterback's mobile doesn't mean he's a turnover machine. You know, like Jalen Hurts isn't out there yeah. you know, just falling over and throwing the ball up for grabs. And there's... You can have a you can have a mobile quarterback and a younger quarterback and a less expensive quarterback that isn't just a turnover howitzer, right? I'm with you. I'm just trying to hypothesize as to what the thinking might be, and they do like Kirk. Like I don't think that's in question. Yeah. Okay. What is your uh, uh, first right. Sunday bye week statement here? Well, wait. It's Sunday. What? Uh, it's Sunday self scout statements. statements. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Josh Metellus has been the most important piece of the Vikings secondary this season. Yeah. I would say defense, the entire thing, but Daniil's been so good. I don't think that's fair. It's kind of um, him and him and Daniil feel like the, the, the two MVPs of this defense. I think if sure. you I think if you look up the word linchpin, Josh Metellus fits. I think he has been he has gone from a sixth round pick out of Michigan, who this team had, I think they had a use for him. I think he was a very good special teams contributor. So I'm not trying to say that, that he was not a good player, but this is the proverbial diamond in the rough, right? Like Brian Flores said, and, and we talked about this, Phil, going back to mini camps, OTAs, because I came back and said, holy cow, Josh Metellus has like this role is not something that we have seen. And this does not look like a bluff. Yeah. Josh Metellus has been so like, and I'm talking Harrison Smith, I'm talking the cornerbacks, I'm talking Bynum, who's had a really good year, but I think Josh Metellus as this X factor, as this guy playing multiple positions, as this guy who's been installed in, again, I'll say it, it's not a 3-4, it's the 44. 
damn it, that's going to stick eventually. It's a 44 defense. But Josh Patelis, to me, has been absolutely, he has been the most important X factor in the entire thing. It is amazing that you can, I saw somebody on Twitter, I don't know if it was like a analytics guy or somebody, referred to the position he was playing as like an edge safety. Where he's like, he's a safety, but he's just like down around where an edge rusher would be on almost every play. And then sometimes he blitzes, sometimes he drops back into coverage. You know, he's, and I think you have to be really smart, like football smart and actual smart to be able to do what they're doing yes. with him. Don't yes. you? Because yes, that's not just football smart. Yes. He has to, he has to read, react, direct traffic in, in some ways too. And uh, it's been it's been super fun to watch. He's and I don't think it's a fluke or I don't think he's like a system player. I think I think he's legitimately here. I mean, as long as the contract lines up long term, uh, I think he is a stalwart for the next five to seven years on this defense. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a fluke when when you're asking a guy to, to do the multitude of things that he's asked to, to do. And, you know, Harrison Smith, a lot of times is an edge safety as well. What impresses me so much about Josh is he never plays safety. Mm-hmm. You, you know, Bynum and Harrison Smith do different things, but they do it from the from the assignment of you are a safety and now we're going to do this and now we're going to do that. I'm not saying that's simple, but Josh Metellus is this hybrid. I mean, clearly they called him in and said, dude, you're going to play safety, but you're really not mm-hmm. like you're going to play linebacker and you're going to do this and you're going to position guys. And I really like if you're deconstructing, what did Flores do? Like he had some talent here. Donatello was a mess. But, like, what did Brian Flores, from day one, like, when he started to look at the pieces to the puzzle, what did he do? I really think, in a lot of ways, the um, the mad scientist, which is Flores, which is now, I guess, Metellus as an extension, the Frankenstein of this thing is Metellus. Because yeah. if you if you bring in a guy, if you, hey, here's a guy, if you bring in a guy who's the wrong, like, he's a good athlete, but he's not this smart, you're going to have busts all over this defense. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, he's, man, he's like a, he's like the queen on the chessboard that you can just kind of mm-hmm. move any which direction. Okay. That kind of segues into my second statement here. Call it a hot take if you want to. I think Brian Flores would be a top 10 NFL head coach right now. Head coach. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely one of the best, like, three to five defensive coordinators. And just to like pull up a list and see like how hot is this take? How spicy is this statement? At the top of the list, there's some obvious ones that you would you would say, yep, okay, Andy Reid, dude's a legend. Um, Mike Tomlin and what he's doing in Pittsburgh, you know, awesome stuff there. I think John Harbaugh with the Baltimore Ravens, just year in and year out, winning teams. I would even say, dude, Nick Sirianni has done an awesome job in Philadelphia. They've got yeah. great pieces, but he's he's doing an awesome job. Yep, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of like like obvious guys who are better head coaches. Sean McVay. Once you give him more pieces, they're kind of in transition mode right now. Kyle Shanahan for sure. I'll even give you Sean Payton. Just he's a legend, one of the great offensive minds. He's kind of putting this thing together with duct tape. As you start to go through all the other names on this list, can you definitively say? I mean, there's a bunch that are just like who Matt Eberflus gonna get fired, uh, you know Todd Bowles probably gonna get fired, Dennis Allen is just kind of a guy. He's gonna get fired. He's all he's awful. Yeah, I wouldn't hired him. 
you know, but like, is Brian Flores, would you rather have Brian Flores or Antonio Pierce, the interim Raiders coach, Brian Flores, Brandon Staley is going to get fired. Shane Steichen is new. He's a 500 coach with the Colts. Brian Flores, more established. I would take Flores. Um, Dan Campbell. I think he's kind of, kind of a, kind of a similar. Done better than I expected. Yeah, but. I mean, Brian Flores is right there to me. And can you say that like Zach Taylor is definitively a better head coach than Brian Flores, or does he just have Joe Burrow? You know? Well, yeah. So here's my, so here's my thing with Flores. And I think it's going to be beyond the fact he's actually suing the national football league. I think this is the question that owners have to consider though. If you're going to hire a defensive guy, what's the deal with the quarterback? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that's my thing. Like, like you went through a list that mostly is, and this is where the O'Connell hire to me was the right move. Um, if my, if I can have a guy who's going to be a good head coach and he's going to really, and he's going to be a defensive guy. And I know the defense is going to, to be, be good. Zimmer, when he got the job here, that's awesome. But I think I'm in 2024. I think I'm going to lean towards the guy that can, actively work as the boss with the quarterback. So sure. that's the question. But there's a great example right now. I generally I agree with you, but there's a great example right now in Houston where they've got they drafted CJ Stroud. He's right now yeah. he's probably one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league halfway that's through true. his rookie season. And you've got the great leader, motivator, defensive guy in D'Amico Ryans. So there are there are some examples like that. I mean Bill Belichick was a defensive coach who also helped mold Tom Brady 25 years ago. By the way, right now, who would you rather have as head coach, Bill Belichick or Brian Flores? I would choose Brian Flores over this version of Bill Belichick at this, this age. Yeah, I think for Bill. I, I mean, Bill's had a great run. All props to Bill. Fantastic. But um, it's probably time to. It's going to be. Uh, I mean, I think he'll be in the league next season. I sure don't think it's going to be there, though. But, I mean, this was a ridiculous run, too. Just in, in forget the success, in the time of it. Yeah, he's. I think he's chasing. Isn't he chasing Shula? Like he's chasing some ghosts Nobody here, and it's meant to last this long in yeah. in this era. Like this is a very to your to you know the Shulas and the Chuck Knowles. Like the Tomlin and Belichick thing are incredible. You know what he should do? I don't. This is a total side street. Belichick. I don't think his ego is going to allow it, and he's going to want to make a lot of money. But if you're him, like where where it's kind of gone sideways is him running the front office, running the the personnel and then being the head coach and offense has kind of passed him by and clearly like the scouting and the player identification, he's just not hit on dynamic skill position players and they can't find a quarterback. Mm -hmm. What if he spent like the next five years? And I don't think he would being a defensive coordinator, just go work, go work for somebody else and just come in and be the Wade Phillips, be the focus on your favorite craft. I would follow the lead of his old pal, Bill Parcells, who eventually just became a consultant. Consulting's fine, too. You could consult. I would just become a consultant. Probably a seven-figure consulting job. Oh, yeah, you'd make great money. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. you could also watch games on Sunday, consult, and then go back to the racetrack or like Parcells did. I just – I think Bill should enjoy some of his life. Yeah, I know. It's, it, guys like him and Saban, it's amazing. They just, they never, they're the most accomplished coaches in the NFL in college, and they just always look kind of miserable. They always look Saban, like they kind of hate their lives. Do you get the feeling Saban has 
for Saban lightened up though the last couple of years. It feels like he might not be as seems to be having more fun with life. I think I think the rat race of college football has actually relaxed him now because it's so different. Is he he's doing McAfee on a weekly basis too? Yeah, he just right. seems to be having more fun. Yeah. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Okay, give me your uh, your second statement here. Okay, my second statement is, um, it's not a hot take, but it's controversial because I think a lot of people disagree with it completely. Six and six, things have gone wrong, but the Vikings perfectly handled the Justin Jefferson injury the last seven games. And I know a lot of you out there have thought it's a contract thing. And it, you know what? Okay. That might be tied to it. That might be he he might have said, you know what, boys, let's be careful here because, you know, I'm in the I'm basically on my rookie contract and it's a hamstring. But I think this team unequivocally did a fantastic job. And I said this last week and I will still I will stand by it now because it, it's because it it has happened and I didn't think it would. But I said to you last week, I would rather the Vikings lose on Monday night to Chicago than have Justin Jefferson contribute to a win and get hurt again. Well, there you go. I think they did a per, I think that what they have done here is absolutely and I know it's probably difficult for them. And my guess is if they had really pushed Justin, he probably would have come back and tried because that's just I think his makeup. Um but I think between the two sides, however it was decided, I think it was absolutely the right move. Uh they went 5 and what 5 and 2. So they did well, but the fact is this is the type of thing he has with the way he plays no business coming back a moment before he's prepared and to take the bye week was smart and seven games might seem like a lot to people out there. I think it was brilliant. And they should have beat the bears without him. Sure. You know, like it's, it's, it's really too bad that they lost that game. Cause that I agree with you. It was the right move. And I don't think the contract, I guess maybe in the back of your mind, if you're him, I've always kind of sensed that, he never held out during training camp. He could have easily said, you know what? I got a little ear infection. I got a little thing yeah. here. Scratchy throat's not going to allow me to do 11 on 11s today. Hey, TJ, I got your ear infection. Yeah. And he's out there every day, 85, 90 degrees, busting his ass, going 100%. If if this was about the contract, I don't think he would have seen all of that during training camp. So Agreed. now he's back, and... It'll be super interesting to see like this offense looked really good without him for a couple weeks with with Kirk and then again for a couple weeks with uh with Dobbs at the helm in Atlanta and and New Orleans. But I just wonder like is there gonna be too much pressure? Cause Kevin O'Connell had those quotes a couple days ago about how like, you know, we gotta we gotta really make sure that when he comes back in, we're getting the ball. It kind of felt like a little Randy ratio speak to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you got to be a little bit careful telling like Kirk Cousins kind of knows the ratio. OK, like I'm not going to force it all the time, but I know I got to get the ball here. I don't want Nick Mullins to come in or Josh Dobbs or Jaron Hall and feel like, OK, like instead of just naturally going through the offense, I need to force it to Justin Jefferson. A, a, a pro quarterback like Kirk kind of knows where that line is. 
I don't yeah. know that the backups do. So we'll have to find that out. I think O'Connell was sort of greasing the uh, skids for a quarterback change, though, by basically insinuating that he didn't think that Dobbs could do the job to get Jefferson right. the ball. And that th- this is why I think that Mullins is going to qualify as the safe option because he can work from the pocket. He doesn't run. I in, in fact, I believe he has he scrambled something like 32 times in, in his career for like negative eight yards. Yeah. So this is a pocket guy. Um, but I think I think he was as much trying to say, don't be surprised if Dobbs is not playing because I, I you know, rightfully so. And I know three of the four picks on Monday night against the Bears were tipped, but rightfully so, as we have talked about, that was also timing and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, O'Connell is thinking to, to himself, OK, Justin Jefferson, once he gets the ball, he can be gone. But if you don't hit him in stride. Like if he has to wait or reach back, he's going to get hit and he's not going to score. So I, I sense that O'Connell was more trying to warn us, hey, when you see a slow guy throwing the ball to Jefferson, this is sort of why. Yeah, and I, I get like Mullen. I think Dobbs is the most talented of the three backup quarterbacks. It's not like a super high bar, but yeah. Mullins has been in the system the longest and he is yeah. the most sort of like senior adult that, can run this offense. So I understand if they go to Mullins. He throws all, some picks too though. So that yeah, that's not wrong. With with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But as you as you kind of zoom out, you know, like just back to the long term discussion, kind of what I was saying with my my first statement that mm-hmm. it should just be crystal clear now that you need to draft a quarterback and, and get to the next phase here in six months from now. Man, when you look at the best teams in the NFL right now, and it's not uniform necessarily across all of them, but Let's just start like start at the best record and go down and what what is happening with their quarterback and offense situation. Okay, the Eagles are 10 and 1. They've got one of the most mobile dynamic players in the NFL. That touchdown pass Jalen Hurts threw to take the lead. They were down they were down by double digits throughout the second half of that game against Buffalo. There was a third and 15 play. They're in field goal range to tie it. It's third and 15 at the 29-yard line. So really, like most teams' objective, including the Vikings in that situation, would be probably not going to hit on a 15-yard first down here. Let's just not get sacked and put out of field goal range. Let's be careful. Let's call a screen something conservative, right? Yep. So um, the Eagles call just a straight drop-back pass. I think they were five wide. And Jalen Hurts... He looks at his first read. It's not there. So he bails out of the pocket. He runs to his left, dodges a defender, and off like one leg, throws a 30-yard pass in the air back of the end zone for a touchdown, keeping a play alive and then throwing a freaking like Kirk Cousins dime right Mm -hmm. to his receiver in the back of the end zone. Mm -hmm. And they have an awesome team around all of that too. So, okay. Uh, San Francisco, Brock Purdy sneaky athletic. Now he also has crazy weapons all over the place, but when but pocket breaks speed. down, yep. yep boop, boop, keep a play alive, go over here, yep. you know, and then you go down. Okay. What's the next team? Well, Baltimore is nine and three. That's the most mobile quarterback in the history of the NFL. And he makes plays with his arm. Kansas city has the best quarterback period. Mostly a pocket passing dart thrower, but Mahomes can get all over the place with his legs too. Jacksonville eight and three Trevor Lawrence, Great pocket passer who's getting better, also mobile. So it's it just becomes, I guess my point here is, it becomes increasingly harder to justify the statue quarterback who doesn't move. Now, Dobbs was fun for a while because like, oh my God, this guy moves. This is what the Vikings need. 
but he's a beat late on his throws. He's not, you know, and he's, you know, if you give him a year in the same system, maybe it'd be different. But at some point, you got to move beyond just the statue quarterbacks that the Vikings are running out with Cousins and probably Nick Mullins here in a, in a couple weeks. In the uh, Tuesday press conference that O'Connell did, he did say that the Bears found ways from film to contain Dobbs. Mm-hmm. And so the Dobbs really couldn't run as much. Now, I'm sure that's partially true. I don't know if that's entirely true. I'm I'm sorry, but two runs for Dobbs still seems incredibly low. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm sure the Bears, the Bears defense is competent, and I'm sure that they found some things. Now, does that mean that you only scramble twice? Seems odd to me. Well, yeah, dude, teams are, the Vikings prepped to not let Fields run, and he still found a way to run for like 55 right. that's yards what I'm saying. or something. There's, like, you know. there's broken plays. There's bro. I, I mean, there is, uh, how can I put this in football terms? There's gap discipline. Oh, wow football and sometimes that breaks down but anyway i'm with you i i mean yes my preference is if the right guy is there like i do not want the the vikings to reach but i trust o'connell to have scouted and no qb play which in that building going back uh to winter park they didn't have for a long time so i trust you know i trust that uh the only thing is i don't want them to take a quarterback for the sake of it i want them to actually take a quarterback that they want yep uh, okay, before we get to a couple more statements here, a shout out to our friends over at Sound Story. So we may have the perfect holiday gift for you guys out there, and it's called Sound Story. It's a professionally produced hour-long conversation where you or one of your loved ones is interviewed by your choice of professional interviewers. I'm also on that list. If you want to mm-hmm. call me a professional interviewer, that's up to you. MySoundStory.com. Go to the Minneapolis section. So... Think of it this way, like I have, you know, my grandfather, I have family members that I've either never met that would would love to hear their life stories or, you know, I mean, my mom died six years ago. I I remember her voice. I mean, you've had parents die. It's like the memories fade. The voices fade. Imagine capturing those stories, capturing career accomplishments, childhood memories in an hour long conversation with that loved one. And then you have that for the rest of of their life, your life, you know, kids, grandchildren, et cetera, down. Uh, so go to mysoundstory.com, enter the promo code PURPLE to get the holiday special of 10% off a gift certificate for Sound Story. That's promo code PURPLE at mysoundstory.com. Sound Story for you, for them, forever. Quick Trip is also forever. Oh, it's forever in our hearts. Oh, well, because it is your one-stop shop for everything that you possibly need, breakfast, lunch, or dinner gasoline, Karuba coffee. Oh, yeah. And now, and now your chance to win prizes. Your chance to win big with their Vikings opening drive contest. Here are the rules. Purchase any pothole pizza or 20-ounce Pepsi-Cola product with quick rewards to enter. Purchase both products together with quick rewards and receive 10 bonus entries. One weekly winner will receive a $10 gift card for every yard gained during the Vikings opening drive. If the Vikings get a field goal on said drive, the winner will earn an additional $500 quick trip gift card. If the Vikings get a touchdown on that drive, the winner will earn an additional $1,000 quick trip gift card. Weekly winners have a chance to win up to $2,000 in quick trip gift cards. All weekly winners will also be entered for a chance to win a grand prize, a pair of 2024-25 Viking season tickets, free fuel for a year from quick trip, that's not a bad deal. Mm-mm. Total value, $5,500. It's this simple. All you got to do is go to quicktrip.com slash sweepstakes for full details. Quicktrip.com slash 
sweepstakes. That's Quick Trip with a K. Check them out. One more shout out here before I hit you with another. It's probably more like like a Frank's Red Hot level take. But um, Maya's excited. Maya's very excited. Maya Mackey loves her Nutrisource. Nutrisource is the official dog and pet food of Purple Daily and Score North. And uh, Maya eats the same thing three times a day for every meal her entire life here, which is for us, it's like we've had it for two years because she loves Nutrisource so, so Mm. much, Judd. Mm. You know, there's some clawing at my door right now. And you know why? (laughs) Because much like the picture that you are seeing, my Stella, she knows it's just about that time. And she knows that that time means dinner time, Nutrisource. She absolutely loves it. She just went outside. She came back in. Guess what she waits for? Her treat, Nutrisource treats. Nutrisource has has you covered. And you know what? Human or dog, nothing wrong with enjoying one thing a lot. Some people are like, oh, don't you like variety? Uh, you know, find a good thing, stick to it. Stick to it. Yeah. I don't know. If you're a human that eats Nutrisource too, let us know. I mean, whatever whatever fills your cup. Send us your photos. Nutrisourcepetfoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer near you. Okay. Here's my third one for you. Mm-hmm. I think it was back like January, February, maybe even before that. We started this. Should the Vikings, this is like a year ago. Should the Vikings consider trading Daniil Hunter? He's going into a contract year. You don't have many, you know, trade chips to get extra first round picks, second round picks to get your quarterback of the future. Daniil has had injury issues in the past. So I was definitely leaning more toward like a year ago. You should definitely collect on this asset. And then when the Vikings were 0-3 and 1-4, it looked like then they won some games before the deadline, but it looked like, ah, should probably trade him. Here's my statement. I think the Vikings should sign Daniil Hunter to a top five edge rusher contract and don't feel any guilt. He is leading the NFL, I think, still in sacks. If not after this week, he's still top three in sacks. Uh, an edge rusher contract of that magnitude would be like $25 million a year, maybe even a little bit more. Montez Sweat, I think, is $25 million a year, and he's right on the fringe of the top five. Just got paid, right? Yes, he did by the Bears. In fact, I just pulled it up here. So That's Sweat yeah, Sweat is the fifth highest paid edge rusher at $24.5 million. Miles Garrett, 25. Bosa, this is average annual value. Uh, Joey Bosa, 27. TJ Watt, 28. Nick Bosa, $34 million. <laughs> Dude, like Davenport is a bust. He's a dud. You're not bringing him back. Yep. Agreed. He's injured. You don't have, I mean, Wanham is a decent player, but he's not an actual true, you know, quarterback right. terrorizing edge rusher. Right. I think rather than letting him walk in free agency and getting virtually nothing for him other than a comp pick two years from now, Yep. I bite the bullet. I sign him. I sign Jefferson. I get cheaper at quarterback, and I make my way forward. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say this is where the decision comes in, because you're going to pay Jefferson. You're going to pay if you pay Hunter. You're going to have to pay Darisaw. Now, if the Darisaw contract takes the same track or path that the Jefferson contract did, that won't come until not the not 2024 spring or summer, but 2025. But nonetheless, it's going to go on the books fairly soon here. So that's the thing is you're going to have to feel no guilt about the quarterback spot. Yep. But I think, you know, God, look at some of these teams that just and the Vikings have been one of them. They get either too centric in paying a quarterback too much or like the Panthers, they get too they trade too many draft picks for the quarterback that they think is going to save their franchise. Yeah. And then they're left with like no first round pick the next year because they had to use it to move up. I'd rather keep 
keep the car together as much as possible and make sure you've got your left tackle, make sure you got your right tackle, make sure you got a wide receiver, another one that's on a rookie scale contract, a really good top three pass catching tight end, an edge rusher, Josh Metellus, reasonable contract, you know, like keep that car together and find a younger, cheaper quarterback to drive it. I think, I just think it's more clear than ever that that's the, that's what the strategy should be the next few months. I like the thought. I don't know. I trust the Vikings to do it. I just think they're so obsessed with being competitive and, but, but I mean, you, they but should what be, I just laid out, you will be, you will be competitive, well, right? But they should. Well, the, but they will be a, but the Wilfs will be, I shouldn't say they, the Wilfs will be concerned about quarterback, but again, you hired O'Connell to find that guy. So that's my whole thing. Trust him. Like if you're like, oh, you got to keep Kirk. We don't trust it. Well, then why Then why did you get Kevin here? They'd say, well, but he's done a great job with Kirk. And you'll go back and forth and back and forth. But, yeah, I think if you're going to make a real commitment to winning and not just trying to be competitive, that you are going to have to – like you can't keep all of these guys. You just can't. On the on the KOC developing quarterback thing, too, I have seen, again, in the darkest corners of Vikings Internetville, the knock that, hey, wait a second. Well, Josh Dobbs came in. And he's not like super young, but he's, you know, like pretty young and fairly moldable still. And he came in and he's gotten worse in the four games. Like he, you get him into O'Connell's system and into O'Connell's grasp right. and he is like unplayable against Chicago. And I would say a couple of things. One, small sample size. I wouldn't go too crazy there. Uh, secondly, Dobbs came in as a third, fourth round pick, bouncing around journeyman backup quarterback. I'm not saying he's not talented. But if you're going to take a swing and you're going to look to hand select someone, all right, this is the person that Kevin's going to try and mold and work with. Yeah, you wouldn't choose Do- Josh Dobbs. You would choose Michael Penix or yeah. JJ McCarthy or you know whoever your favorite mid to late first round quarterback is, right? Yeah. Well, and Dobbs' ball security problems go back, you know, way before here. Like that's been a problem, and so. I, I actually think, for the most part, O'Connell has milked the situation pretty well. Yeah, that's not a couple, one, couple right, of wins. Problem with Kevin. Yeah. Okay. That gets to my final statement. On the same thread, but changing my tune a little bit. Twelve games in, five games left. It's time for some grades. Classes in session, and I'm passing out the report cards. Kevin O'Connell gets a C from me through 12 games and here's why and here's why I think as a coach he's done a good job he held a team together that was easily could have gone off the cliff oh and three one and four now some of those losses are definitely on coaching players blah blah Mm -hmm. blah but you know as but but I mean your job as a coach is you're charged with keeping the locker room engaged and I think he's done a great job and we've seen those post-game victory speeches those aren't just like some type of fluke or some type of, they're really good. Like he really knows. So he's done a great job there, but where he gets the C is as an offensive mind overall, I'd like to point to a few things. Number one, he basically gets an F for the run game. That brings his grade way down, way yeah. down. The, now, now, now if you could say, well, PFF Judd is saying that the P the, that the offensive line's blocking grade is terrible. I'd say, okay. Yeah. They haven't been Um, the reliance. And I understand he's a better all around player, but the reliance on Madison, 
the inability to get anything from the run game consistently, the the minimal use of an explosive first and second down guy in Chandler. And look, you, you film people. You can show me all the film that you want of Chandler doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. You know, he doesn't find this hole. He doesn't find that hole. Okay. But when he puts his foot in the ground, he's explosive. Alexander Madison, for the most part, is just not. It's not no one's fault, but it's what it is. And there's been no adjustment there. Um, I think the game management has taken a step backwards. I think it's taken offensively. I think it's taken a step backwards. Um, the, the job that he did with Dobbs in Atlanta was phenomenal. I, I will rave about that. But I think o- overall, um, small things that are big. Fourth and one in Denver, you punt midfield. But fourth and seven, you go for it. Now, it's not that you didn't get it on fourth and seven so much as what's the what's the theory? What's the consistency? Mm-hmm. And and we sort of talked about this. It sometimes feels like Kevin's going by what his gut is saying instead of what the common sense metrics are telling him. So he gets a seat. He has been, if you weigh it all together, in my opinion, he's done some things really well, and there have been some things that have been really disappointing. 12 games in, I give him an average grade, which is what the Vikings are. I mean, I don't give him an A, but I would give him something higher than a C. And, and, and you know, I'm, some of the things you point out, I agree with. Like, there's been some inconsistencies on his fourth down strategy. The running game has has been mostly a train wreck this season, so I will not fight you on those things. But I, I would give him, and maybe I'm splitting hairs, I'd probably give him more like a B. And I just, I think, big picture, the four biggest problems for the Vikings this year, and by the way, none of them are on defense. So, Brian Flores, yeah, you get an A+, plus, dude. It is remarkable. <laughs> it's great story. I, I think the four biggest problems here, I'm just kind of you know writing this out in my notebook as we go here. The running game is in the four. Like, what's the Mount Rushmore of reasons why the Vikings aren't better the than running six running game starts Washington, right? Yep. The the running game is definitely in the mix of four. I actually think turnovers are the George Washington because they oh, literally. Yeah, yeah you're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. They lead the NFL in turnovers. So that's yep. so running game turnovers. Yep. Uh, they also have one of the three highest dropped pass rates in the NFL. They and I'm just looking at Kirk when when Kirk was the quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus, they dropped nine percent of Kirk's pass attempts, which is I mean think about that like literally one in every ten passes thrown was just a drop and there's a couple wow. that that cost them touchdowns. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. The screen pass, Madison, so right. so running game turnovers drops and I would say injuries when you lose one of the ten best quarterbacks and you lose Justin Jefferson. Those are huge reasons. So what control does O'Connell have over those those four major categories? Well, turnovers, we've debated that all season. Is there something disciplinary that he can do differently? I, I, we don't need to, like, relitigate that. Right. I'll give him, at the end of the day, like, it's not 90% Kevin O'Connell's fault that they can't stop turning it over. But there's probably some, is there something different they could be doing in practice? I don't know. The drops? I mean, again, can you re- can you replace somebody with somebody else that doesn't drop the ball? I don't know. Injuries, not his fault. Running game, somewhat like schematically, there's probably some yeah. culpability there. So, well, and personnel. Know. Yep, they don't. I mean, that's him. Yeah, Ed Ingram. Like, there's a couple more plays as as I'm not like a film guy, but I do sift through the film for those Boone segments, and you know, he's God. Ed Ingram still, he's better than he was last year, but. 
that's such a low bar. We sit here like, well, he's getting better, right. yeah, but he's still not good. <laughs> but I don't think like from from the ten thousand foot view conversation, I don't think the offensive line is like the problem. So it's like yeah. that that's what's concerning. And the run game, you know, the thing about it is this personnel wise, I've got some problems or some issues with how Kevin has used guys, but the bigger picture to me is in play calling. You have to, and it's not, I'm play calling is difficult. Like I'm, I'm going to be the first to, to say most of us would have no clue and no chance, but you know, we've seen enough football to know that the, the marriage of the run and pass game is extremely important. It sets things up. It sets mm-hmm. teams up and it feels like the Vikings have struggled with that because the run game has been so inefficient For so sure. often. That's... And that does come back to him. That's a huge, what you just said is like the marriage of the run and the pass game and being able to run the same formation out 10 or 12 times and do different things out of it. Eagles and 49ers, talent, talent, talent. But yeah, the thing that puts those teams over the top is like, we're going to, we're going to give you this look and we burned you on a run play to the left out of this look last time. Now you have to account for that. Oh, yeah. oh actually we're play actioning to the right this time out of the same formation. And you've and- got Jefferson you know, like he's been there for you. So like, it's not like, it's not like the Dolphins have Tyreek Hill and the Vikings are screwed, right? Yeah. So anyway. So, wow, there it is. Those are the, uh, those are the statements, the self-scout statement Sunday. Fans are going to be very upset about that. See, you, he is coach of the year, you dolt. But he's not, it's not an A. So I don't know. It's, it's, I'll fight fight to a B. This actually happened one time. This exact scenario happened to me in, in a college class one time. I took an AP writing class in journalism school that I had already taken in high school. So I already, it was like the basics of AP style writing. I'm like, well, I already, oh, yeah, why fun. are they making me take this? I already took it in high school. So, you know, I like, I had five other classes and I, I kind of put more effort into those classes. And I, but I wound up getting an A minus on the coursework in the journalism class. And the professor gave me a C for the semester just like you gave Kevin O'Connell a C. And so I called him and I was like, I got an A minus in all the coursework. Like it's all documented in the testing. How did you give me a C? He goes, well, I reserve the right to use subjectivity to change people's grades based on whether they improved or not throughout the semester. And I feel like you weren't as engaged. And I was like, oh, we got you. I mean, is that even allowed, sir? And we had a debate. So I I argued him up to a B, just like I did with you here with Kevin O'Connell. Okay. I, f- I feel like Kevin. I have a lot of ex- expectation here from my friend Kevin. I did too. But I do I think he too. is. I do think that he definitely. I think you're now looking for a progress, a, a more consistent step forward in 2024. I think that's fair. He's got to get a quarterback then that he that he trusts. Otherwise, Absol- absolutely, absolutely yeah. does. Um, hey, we trust Livia to help people lose weight around here. And this is a That's great time right. of year to get a head start on all the January weight loss people. Get a start right now. In fact, boy, do I have some good news for you right now, because that is the Black Fr- Friday offer, which, of course, was supposed to end on Black Friday. Uh-uh-uh. It's Mm-mm. been extended, limited time, but been extended. And that means you're going to get 50% off of a program that 100% works. Uh, talked about this a couple of days ago, but I was um, emailing back and forth with a listener who about a year and a half ago asked me, hey, this program, I, like, I really want to lose weight. Does it work? 
And I said, absolutely, it does. Well, he joined. He's now down 100 plus pounds. Great story. Fantastic. Um, and this is, again, they're going to help you take the weight off. They're going to help you keep the, the weight off. Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A. Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. And here's the nice thing. If you're outside the state, don't worry about it. The entire program can be done um, via Zoom and all of that good stuff. 855-GO-LIVIA, Livia.com. Love it. All right. Hope you guys are enjoying your bye weekend. Maybe you're doing some self-scouting in your own life like the Vikings are. Mm-hmm. And uh, It's almost January 1st, man. One more month left. And then uh, we'll see if the Vikings wind up playing further into January. They still have a shot. They're still 50-50 to make the playoffs even during this bye week. So we'll hit you guys back again tomorrow here on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment.